0: Hello.
1: Well, a very good evening, afternoon, or day to it's you. It's a good Victoria. evening for you
0: because you're slurping Merlot in the morning.
1: Uh, well, I, actually, uh, this is not a Merlot. This is a rather nice glass of Nero D'avola from Sicily. So.
0: Oh, your little diavola. What's a diavola? I thought it was a diavola. Is that what you I mean? I am a
1: total diavolo. Yes, I am. So, um, what are we talking about People this week?
0: Diavolo doesn't have the same <laughs> ring as Dirty Devil.
1: It does not. Maybe it does in Italian.
0: We've got Maybe. Chinese man kidnapped and... Sorry to rain on your parade. <laughs> are you about to say something jovial? Do you want to I finish? I No, that's good. No, Shall I let you be- finish? Okay, never do. Chinese man kidnapped and killed in an elaborate body swap scheme.
1: Wow, and we're also going to be talking about vaginas, and we're also going to be talking about stalkers. stalkers but not and- just
0: any stalker, an ITV weather presenter's stalker who's been jailed after a campaign of harassment and snor- stork- snorkelling, stalking. <laughs> <Yes.
1: laughs> snorkelling, stalking. <laughs> I wonder if you used a snorkel to stalk. I wonder if that's a thing.
0: That would be called snorkely, stalkly.
1: The snorkeler stalker. Um Okay then, so yeah, well, what are we going to start with? Let's start with the Chinese man. I, I want you Should to you tell us all about by saying hello
0: and telling listeners hello. that this is the You Didn't Let Me Finish podcast. Hello. If you can call it that. But everyone's got a podcast now. But this is a very, very special one indeed. Run by yours truly, Victoria Mitzi. Journalist, mother, paper pusher, general, <laughs> misinformation. Ist. <laughs> I can see Bernardo sticking his fingers in his ears. Shall I introduce him then?
1: No, 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 I'm not listening.
0: Why are you not listening?
1: Your, your self-aggrandisement.
0: Oh, I have to listen to yours.
1: <laughs> There's none of that. Oh, I'm well, ben here we a. go. I'm, a former, I'm an ex-former. I'm a, I'm a washed-up old hack. A former um, ITN and BBC News correspondent. And now I just sit, sit around... <laughs> I I sit around in my joggers. I'm very excited this weekend. Do you know why I'm excited? Should I tell you why I'm excited? It's probably something tragic. Because I'm all pumped up with endorphins. And you know why I'm all pumped up with endorphins? I did have
0: to think about you on. (laughs) Oh, I'm too busy to do a podcast today off at the gym in the middle of the day.
1: This is Ben's world. I've been to the gym and I'm feeling pretty (laughs) josh down good about it.
0: Are you? Are you hurting?
1: Mm. I, I, I've been three times, in fact, since the gym's reopened.
0: Doesn't mean you did anything.
1: No, it doesn't mean that, but I did.
0: What, you <laughs> I, went and picked your nose, I, I, I stood, had a snack, I did, I did had a like, protein bar?
1: I did, you know, <laughs> I did exactly like every other single person in the gym. I had a glass of pre-workout. I went in there and I stood next to various machines using my phone.
0: A glass of pre-workout? Do you have a glass of post-coital afterwards? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, it's uh, that's called sort of like uh, wine, isn't it? <laughs>
0: so, that's really good. Do you actually put on weight when you go to the gym then?
1: <laughs> I, I'd like to say I put on muscle mass, but I don't think I do. By doing what exactly? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. No, I, I do a bit of a, <laughs> I, there are an awful lot of people in that gym who just spend the whole time, as far as I can say, just sitting next to a piece of equipment and using their phones. But yeah, no, I, I'm feeling pretty That wouldn't pretty be good. you at How all, about would you? it? I expect you've been um, tripping the light fantastic since the lockdown eased ever so slightly this week.
0: You know, I'm interested. I'm not interested in going and sitting in the gym with the risk of someone sneezing at me or something like that. So it's not really the gym that I'm interested in. Also, it doesn't open early enough to let me go before work. So I'm still doing my workouts here. Hmm. So no, actually no, I'd like to go to the gym, but with my enforced hours, I cannot.
1: I just hate the idea of um, doing workouts at home, and in fact, I can't do it. So I applaud you that you can. Well,
0: I'd only do it because I have to. I don't like it either. I'd I'd rather be down at the gym, but then, as you know from us trying to arrange this, then I've got all the domestics of the cooking and cleaning and pulling people's pants down.
1: You could just do... (laughs) Stop talking about Phil like that. You could,
0: um, you could just um, oh, don't pull his. Sit around then. at
1: home, you know, in a pair of trousers with like an expanded, uh, an elasticated waistband, and sort of just become a happy fat girl.
0: Um, that hasn't happened at all. <laughs> I'm, wearing, <laughs> I'm wearing an Alison Moyet today. <laughs> <laughs> I stood up you can just hang that
1: up and use it as a complete backdrop for a podcast, couldn't it you? It
0: actually is a tent. I'm wearing a tent <laughs> today, but it can it can masquerade. Look, it's an off the shoulder tent, so a in meetings, <laughs> in in meetings, I can be sultry and show a bit of shoulder. Yeah. Um. However, it really is. Look how much you can eat. I can actually get twins in here with me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a lockdown dress. I love the fact that to meet you could be sultry and off the shoulder, and to greet you could be in rent-a-tent.
0: <laughs> Do you know what we've been watching? Rent-a-Ghost. Do you remember that program? If your mansion house needs haunting,
1: just call Rent-a-Ghost. Oh God! We're Mr. As Claypole. Weak as the script from Rent-a-Ghost, Mr. Claypole. <laughs> wow! Well, Did I this... loved
0: Rent-a-Ghost. Was oh, one of my oh, all-time oh, favourites.
1: bags in it? Was it?
0: No, um, there is a that witch. Was... Gretbags wasn't in uh, rent a ghost. No, what was Gratbags th- in? Is it,
1: um, I don't know who played <clears throat> Mr. Claypole, but I'm sure something like Irene Handel was in it or someone like that.
0: I tell you what, Christopher Biggins was in it the other day.
1: Ah, Senor Biggins. Did I tell you I, I, I ran into Christopher <laughs> Biggins in Catania Airport once? No,
0: <laughs> it a, so did it hurt?
1: Of, I mean, the Christopher Biggins is just amazing. He definitely, definitely qualifies for the title of national treasure because he mm. just. He's, he's, he's been so in jovial. everything. And the thing is, unlike a lot of grumpy celebrities who <laughs> sit around thinking about how important they are and being grumpy, he's actually genuinely jovial and fun, even in a, even while waiting for a delayed flight at an airport. He was very happy, very cheery and these Italians kept... He's some kind of big star in Italy. These Italians kept going up and saying, Ah, Signor Biggins! And they were all really excited to <laughs> meet What, to
0: you? Did they think you ah, were Christopher Biggins?
1: Signor Biggins! Oh! Well, I got fair, but I Signor Biggins! <laughs> was that you that no, wasn't me but I, I obviously you know had, had Senor Biggins wanted a coffee is I he was still going happy.
0: oh there's this guy called I can't, Ben or something and he was just nightmare in Italy he kept on clapping his hands and ordering coffee do you remember that holiday <laughs> <laughs> said I was his hero or something
1: uh, he's a he, Christopher Biggins a lovely old queen we like Christopher hmm. Biggins
0: uh, I just don't know how he got in so much stuff
1: He did everything. He did, I know, he's done everything. Anyway, come on, let's get on with the stories. Tell me
0: about the Chinese man. It's you, talking about Senor Biggins. I know, sorry. I can't believe this one. A Chinese man with Down syndrome was kidnapped and killed in a bungled plot to grant another man's wish for burial rather than cremation. Before he died of cancer in 2017, a man from Southeast China told his family he wanted a traditional burial. But in some regions, these are banned. His family hired someone to find a substitute body that could be cremated in place of their relatives. Rather sinister this, but unknown to them, the man they hired committed murder to provide the body. In September 2020, the man hired by the family identified only by his surname, Huang was given a suspended death sentence over the murder. While the murder happened in 2017, the case only gained prominence last week after an article about the incident came to wider attention online in China. So if this just, this gets worse actually. Court documents show Huang had in 2017 been offered money by the family to provide them with another body as they wanted their deceased family member to have a traditional burial. The family live in Shanwai City in the Guangdong province, where the government requires all dead bodies to be cremated. But while the family assume he would look for another dead body, Huang killed someone in order to fulfil the deal. Spotting a man with Down syndrome picking litter from the street, Huang persuaded him to get into a car and gave the victim alcohol until he passed out. He then put the victim's body into a coffin and days later it was passed on to the family in exchange for money. The family paid 107,000 yuan which is £11,900, $16,300, of which 90,000 one went to the accused, while the rest went to a middleman who's since died. OK, right. What I'm gathering from this is that he died in that coffin.
1: No, what happened was, so, yeah, I think he probably, um, yeah, he just gave him alcohol till he passed out, put him in a coffin... And then gave that, waited for him, I suppose, to stop banging from the inside and then gave the coffin to the family. I mean, it's a pretty horrible and ruthless thing to That's do. That's
0: hideous. That's exactly what I was asking for confirmation of, because it doesn't actually say how he died, does it?
1: Um, no, no, it doesn't. But I, th- I think we can... Uh, That's what assume, we can assume from we that. We can assume the worst. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 the family who hired him were found guilty of insulting a corpse.
0: That's pretty insulting to... well. I'd worry more about the murder than the insult of the cops, but that's a thing, isn't it? Because um, that submarine murder, yeah, he was done for some kind of like disrespect to the body, wasn't he as well?
1: Yeah, I remember. Well, so questioning was you know, so was um, the the um, Lorraine Cox's killer as well, wasn't he? Oh, really? His one of one of the charges he um, he faced was around entering um, a lawful burial or something, it was, or um something along those lines china china has the death penalty and actually executes probably more people than most of the countries in the world Um, but this this man has been given a suspended death sentence and i'm not entirely sure why because i'd have thought this one if you're gonna if you're gonna have the death penalty and this is the kind of killing um which you, you would would be worthy of the. I don't believe in the death sentence, but it's the kind of one that would be worthy if you have a country of the death sentence. In September of 2020, Huang was given a suspended death sentence, and he's appealing against this. The appeal was dismissed by Guangdong Higher People's Court, and the se- suspended death sentence was held. Now, this means that if he doesn't reoffend after two years, the sentence will be commuted to life in prison which I don't really understand because that's sort of, I mean, presumably he's in prison now, so that means that as long as he doesn't offend in prison then he will serve a life sentence instead of being executed so I suppose the thing is he's got to keep his nose clean while he's in in the slammer.
0: Bizarre the whole thing's strange but I just think it's terribly sad and just like a bloke litter picking Yeah. and also if you have Down syndrome, you're probably more vulnerable aren't you?
1: i suspect you're more trusting i think downs uh, those who have down syndrome are very trusting they're not they don't have i believe the sort of um the ability to understand the danger of strangers or to i mean i think i'm sure some can but i think they are often very um trusting and and um not as wary as perhaps uh those of us without down syndrome would be in those but the,
0: the idea why china's um, dissuading people from burial to, there's an outright ban to save land and discourage extravagant burial ceremonies. But it seems to be encouraging people towards doing rather strange things to get their burial ceremonies.
1: Yeah, I mean, China. I mean, China's vast, vast population causes all sorts of problems. I mean, until very recently, they had the um, single child policy, didn't they? And so you have a nation of little emperors. Who it was, was I've just got one little
0: emperor here. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: it was very much the case that um, boy boy children were wanted. You've got a little empress there. Uh, It was very much the case that boy children were wanted. They had premiums put on them, and you know, a reasonably sort of like comfortable well-off Chinese family with one child would just literally spoil him so there's lots of photographs you'd see of these sort of small children being completely spoiled and um I think I think they I don't think they have the one child policy anymore I'd have to look that up
0: uh no one spoils their children here but anyway body swapping's not unheard of in China and mostly occurs in rural areas where more people put stress on where more people put stress on What's Following that mean? traditional
1: burial ways.
0: Where more people put stress on following traditional burial ways. I think they mean ways. lots
1: of people put more stress on following traditional burials.
0: <laughs> That's like one of those eats, shoots and leaves quandaries, isn't it? <laughs>
1: well, funny enough, talking of giant pandas, where do they come from? China. <laughs> Are you
0: calling me a giant panda?
1: <laughs> well, you eat shoots and leaves.
0: <laughs> you look more like a panda with your hairy <laughs> head.
1: It's true, I do look a bit like a panda. I keep on coming across
0: vaginas on my screen, Ben. (laughs) I don't know which screen is which. You are talking (laughs) about yours has got more hair on it. What?
1: You are talking about the giant panda joke, aren't you? What? No. The giant panda joke. You don't know the giant panda joke?
0: Well, maybe go on. What?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can't (laughs) It's too long to tell. Oh the punchline is The the punchline is... I don't know the
0: punchline! Don't spoil it!
1: Hang on, I'll tell you and you can delete it. The punchline is, he wasn't a very romantic lover, she said, and the other person replied, well, what do you expect? He's a giant panda. He eats, shoots and leaves.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I wonder why that was told. Was that told with sarcasm to you? (laughs) Right, so we go on to the vaginas because I've got to move screen because I've got how many? There are 40 vaginas just staring at me right in the face and we'll tell you why in just a moment after we talk about ITV weather presenter's ex-husband jailed after nine-year campaign of control, har- harassment, harassment and stalking.
1: So Jonathan Wignall um, was, was married to Ruth Dodsworth, the um, ITV weather presenter, I think, in Wales, and so she would work at ITV Wales's Cardiff studio. They met in 2001, a year after she started her job. And after what appears to have been something of a whirlwind romance, they were married in 2002. But, and everything was fine when he had this successful nightclub business. But when his business started to go tits up, uh, they moved house uh, from Swansea to Cowbridge. And at that point, she became the main breadwinner in the family. And from 2010 onwards, his, his behavior became increasingly uh, controlling. Um, and on one occasion in 2016, he was witnessed uh, pushing her over, causing her to fracture a rib. Uh, on another occasion, he was seen pushing her, grabbing her by the neck. Uh, the prosecutor in court said on one occasion, she woke during the night to find him pressing her fingertip against her phone to access the fingerprint ID feature And ultimately, her phone while she was sleeping. Well, who hasn't done that? I bet you have. (laughs) That's exactly the question. Oh, I just hold them at
0: gunpoint till they open it with a password. (laughs) That's much more. Yeah, I like the terror in their eyes.
1: So eventually, um, uh, Hmm. Ruth Dodsworth got fed up of this, not surprisingly. And uh, she did not return home in October 2019. Now he called her 155 times, hello, and threatened to commit suicide to get her to return. The following morning, he was arrested of harassment. And his when he was arrested, he said to police, "Harassment? But she's my wife." <laughs> so clearly, yes, a man document. with boundary issues. Her. Clearly, somebody with boundary issues there. And he then so he's then released on bail. <clears throat> on condition that he doesn't try to contact her but he sends messages to family members about her whereabouts and obviously what he's saying enables them to figure out that somehow he knows where she is and they work out he's planted a tracking device on her car now that this tracker device is found and police then found an app on his phone and laptop linked to it telling him where she was all the time or at least where her car was and an alarm on his phone set to go off every time she was on TV presenting the weather. So, I mean, if nothing else, he was clearly well-informed about the chances of showers (laughs) in Swansea and Cardiff. Yes,
0: but the thing is, would he share that information? He was probably too busy stalking. If you were like, Oi, what's his name? David. What's his name?
1: Jonathan Wignall.
0: Jonathan. (laughs) Oi, Jonathan, what's the weather like? He'll be like, no idea. I'm just looking (laughs) for her. I never, There's clouds I, I never on the horizon.
1: The I, I, I never watched <laughs> Anyway, he was an unrepentant, possessive bully with a fragile ego. He refused to let her travel to filming locations without him. He would turn up unannounced at RTV, ITV Wales's Cardiff studio, and he would force her. And this sounds yeah, like a I real enjoyed kicker, that bit. He would force her <laughs> to spend her lunch hour with him <laughs> in the car park. <laughs> There she was. All she wants to do is sit in the canteen with, <laughs> with the gals and natter on. And there she has to go and stand in a rainy car park. And she'd know it was raining because she's the weather presenter.
0: Yeah, and he hadn't listened because he'd been too he busy stalking listened. her. <laughs> it's like he set his alarm for the wrong time. Got even more cross.
1: <laughs> so, so the thing is, on top of this, he borrowed a load of money under her name, well, under their name. And when he was arrested, she was told that she would be evicted from their home because he'd failed to pay bills and he would pawned her jewellery. And she gave all this evidence in court via a video link. And she said, because of my television career, I've had to try and portray a smiley, happy, sunshine like personality every day when how I felt was everything but.
0: She was degraded at work due to colleagues witnessing his behaviour. How does that work?
1: Well, I suppose when she's having to go out to the car park every day for lunch.
0: <laughs> Forced lunch date.
1: They're saying, Oi, Ruthie, why are you having to go out for car park into the car park to have your and lunch? And not here with the gals gossiping. With that weird guy who's ageing quite rapidly <laughs> before our very eyes. I mean, if she's saying, Guys, I can't come to lunch. I can't come to the pub for lunch. I can't do this. Sorry, because I've got to go meet my husband in the car park. It is a little bit humiliating, isn't it? I, mean, I would be humiliated.
0: Mm, I spend most of my life being forced into stuff I don't want to do, so I'm quite used to that.
1: I spend my life doing stuff I don't want to do.
0: I like the judge's comments. Judge Daniel Williams told Wignall You affect the air of respectable and beleaguered but successful businessman. You're not. <laughs> You're a fantasist <laughs> with a fragile ego, which makes you an unrepentant, possessive bully. I don't he think he'll get He was sentenced then to
1: three much. years in jail. Obviously, like with all sentences, he'll serve half before being released on license. And a restraining order was also issued to prevent him contacting, um, well, his ex wife, I suppose. Are they divorced? Yeah, ex husband. Yeah, they are. They, oh, make, really? they presumably are divorced. Yeah. No last chance for Jonathan.
0: She won't be doing his weather forecast. I mean, the the thing is, though.
1: So when they met, so they met in two thousand and one. So she's forty five now, in two thousand twenty one. So in two thousand and one, she was twenty five when they met. Mm-hmm. He at that time was running what was described as a um, a phenomenally successful business. He had the he was the owner of this the Escape nightclub in Swansea, and he also ran Swansea's annual Escape in the Park festival. So when she met him. He was very successful. I mean, you know, nightclub owners are King kind of quite pin glamorous. Pin of Swansea, sorry,
0: King Pin of Swansea. He was, he
1: was, he was just the Pin of Swansea, and if that's a, if that's a thing, and um, so he was very successful. Nightclub owners are a little bit glamorous. It's all about the nightlife and sort of you know champagne and that kind of thing. So, uh, so you can see why he would turn a young girl's head. But obviously, when his businesses went rat wrong, I mean, I think. It's no excuse for what he did, but it's quite clear that when his business has failed and she became the chief breadwinner, as the judge said, his fragile ego just couldn't accept that, couldn't accept his, I suppose, reduced status within the relationship. And that led him to, I suppose, in some weird way, try to assert, you know, his disappearing dominance by uh, becoming so controlling. Um, I don't know. It, It seems like a. You know, I'm sure a psychiatrist had a field day on this one but he's thrown it all away, he really has, what a fool, what an idiot what a nasty piece of work
0: I think we shouldn't underestimate the effect that it can have on um, I mean this woman's a public personality which gives a different element to it of stress but I, I think being stalked must be really really stressful
1: mm. I think it must be I agree just from
0: the small experience I've had of doing it <laughs> it's a nightmare because you're so busy I only stalked
1: you very briefly <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did used to force you to have lunch with me <laughs> you no, were I you mean, like that as well oh there she is in the car I, I, again. <laughs> I, I, I
1: do know another fo- well I know another former colleague of mine who was stalked really badly um, she was a presenter at um, a BBC South in Tunbridge Wells and she was stalked for a long time
0: it's no laughing on- matter when it happens
1: No, it's horrible. I mean, it was really horrible. And So she would be driving, because she lived in London but was working in Tunbridge Wells, so she was kind of driving down there each morning and then coming back after her her news programme finished. And she would come into the car park and he would be there and she would be thinking, is this the night that he's going to attack me? It's very nerve-wracking and very difficult because people don't tend to take it seriously. Well, I think they do now. I think maybe 10 or 15 years ago it wasn't taken so seriously and there was a slight sense of um, almost... Uh, slight, it was kind of treated in a slightly um, comic way almost in that people sort of didn't really see how sinister and unpleasant it was for the victims. But I'm glad that's changed. And, you know, this guy's been put in jail for three, well, given a three-year jail sentence, which is a good thing. And um,
0: I'd like to make it known that I only stalk people in a professional capacity. <laughs> don't stalking get any on
1: Facebook, don't, Facebook stalking of exes doesn't count.
0: Facebook stalking has become so boring now. It's not even why is worth that? Oh, it's so boring. Facebook's boring. It's so yesterday.
1: So, so, where have you taken your stalking to nowadays? Instagram. Oh,
0: it's a bit. Maybe that's why I'm feeling a bit tired. I need a bit of stalking to reignite the fire. <laughs> it is fun stalking, seeing stuff you're not supposed to see. Like, okay, within reason. Like I'm not like oh my god, not like a voyeur or anything. But that's probably where talking that of, comes talking from.
1: Talking of voyeurs, has anybody <laughs> ever taken a plaster cast of your vagina?
0: Oh I was about to ask you the same thing. What a random I, no ask ever... <laughs> that is.
1: No one's ever taken a plaster cast of my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: mm, no, it hasn't happened I haven't had anything plaster cast
1: haven't you not even your nose <laughs>
0: why would I have on nose <laughs> <laughs> what about your nose they wouldn't have enough plaster cast
1: have you heard of the plaster cast? call in the
0: reinforcements what <laughs>
1: have you heard of the scaffolding have you heard of the plaster casters no The plaster casters were a couple of groupies in the 1960s and 70s who would take plaster casts of pop stars of the day's penises. I think they did the penises of people like Jimi Hendrix and and, um, Jim Morrison uh, and so on and so forth. So... So, I mean, to some extent, I mean, so what we're talking about here is an artist called Jamie McCartney. Yeah, and <laughs> in he started no relation out to... to the Wacky Maca. I don't think the plaster cast <laughs> ever did Paul McCartney's <laughs> little dinky. Wacky
0: That's really good. I like that. <laughs> I don't
1: think anybody, the plaster has ever did Paul McCartney's dinky, uh, but they might have done. Who knows? His dinky winky.
0: How come I've not seen the penis version of this, yet the vagina things come up time and time again? What is it that makes people...
1: There we go, double standards yet again. Completely outrageous.
0: So we're being faced by 40 vaginas. How does that make you feel?
1: (laughs) Well, what it makes me feel is, oh my God, I never knew there were so many different types of vagina.
0: Oh, I think they look... If you squint, they all look the same.
1: (laughs) yeah, Yeah, or I could just take my glasses off should you just close your eyes?
0: They all look the same. They
1: they all blur into sort of a white and grey amorphous blob.
0: And Jamie like McCartney, wacky Jamie,
1: is the artist <laughs> who
0: wants to cast vaginas in every country in the world. The British artist also wants a set of vagina casts from each of the fifty states. Also Scarcely a week goes
1: by when someone doesn't ask to get involved, he told the Independent. I bet. So so well one thing. First of all, so okay, if you're if you're gonna have It's a called the Great cast, Wall
0: of Vagina. So, so yeah the great (laughs) vagina
1: so so what is so the method here is if you're going to make a plaster cast you need a rubber mold don't you so presumably he gets the women to lie on their backs he then pours rubber over the genital area he then lets that rubber set peels it off then pours plaster into the rubber impression he's made to create the plaster cast of the vagina that must be how he does it, isn't (laughs) it?
0: I don't know anything about moulds, mouldy vaginas.
1: Well, yeah, but okay, (laughs) fair enough. Nobody has to know anything about it to be able to figure out that's pretty. I'm just—I've been very
0: disconcerted by the sideways view that's available a little bit lower.
1: (laughs) What the the proud pudenda?
0: It was really important, he says, that nobody got paid to model for me. Tight ass. (laughs) He should have done the tight ass (laughs) moulds.
1: If they had been paid, is that plastitution? (laughs) i mean we shouldn't really pass judgment on any of the vaginas because everybody obviously rolls in their own way but it is i did it is quite funny that when i saw a couple of them i thought they had sort of some kind of ghastly genital warts until i realized they were just piercings that had been cast into them
0: but looking at them from the side, you do wonder a bit what's going on. But I don't think they're designed to be looked at in that way. I think if you probably have... Oh, I suppose. I mean, what are the ones that you actually see? You don't really go around looking at them, do you?
1: Well, yeah, that's exactly what you do, isn't it?
0: Go around looking at them. Do you go around looking at vaginas every day?
1: Well, if I was looking at these in a gallery, the thing I would do is no, look at them. No, yes, yeah. but that's
0: what's weird about it, that you're being presented with them. <laughs>
1: I present you the wall of vaginas.
0: (laughs) The great wall of vagina. (laughs) I'll have you know. 30 Uh, foot.
1: Framed fannies.
0: (laughs) Pasta cast pudenda. (laughs) So why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? In 2008, British artist. Oh, British. Jamie McCartney, uh, son of Paul. No, joking, joking. Cast over 400 women's genitalia in plaster of Paris for his artwork, The Great Wall of Vagina. I think the name's brilliant, The Great Wall of Vagina. Due to popular demand, he kept going. Nothing could stop him. His I next bet he did project. The dog. Mond... Okay, so
1: the reason he Civitano. did it, you asked why he did it. He says that this is all around basically women constantly being shamed for their bodies. And he said that the vaginas had become the latest place uh the, the, he said the vagina became this whole new place to shame women around because there's money to be made in shaming people there's a whole industry base set up to persuade women that they are defective so i guess he's he's trying to show that all you know vaginas of all shapes and sizes are can be art or can be He's, got, he's think, going to quite extreme
0: lengths to do that
1: yeah, okay. I mean, you Oh, know. look, you can no, take he... it.
0: You can break it into 10 panels and take a few of them home by night.
1: <laughs> but, but he he has actually as far as I can see, he has also previously created a great wall of cock because he enacted a similar project using male genitalia. I'm disappointed to see there's no photograph of
0: that. Are you disappointed? Is that what you wanted to see tonight? 17 men's penises including his own. He um, describes it as a liberator. Why do people but... who get their kit off always describe it as liberating?
1: have you have you never got your kit off and found it liberating
0: i don't have you feel... never stood
1: have you never walked around the house naked and thought yes i'm in my crowning glory this is wonderful i feel free
0: no i'm usually in a hurry and then i'll <laughs> stub enough, my you... toe <gasps> and i don't feel very liberating
1: <laughs> and then are you naked and stu- having stubbed your toe you sort of grip it and hop around going ow, that ow, is ow, the ow,
0: image ow. i wanted you to create but i think somehow that's <laughs> better than the plastic cast vagina i don't know why I'm being quite well, uptight about this. Maybe I should go and get it cast and be liberated.
1: Yep, I think you should. Just don't post it on our Twitter feed.
0: Oh, I was going to post it to you.
1: Oh, I could hardly wait. What? Imagine. To put pl- plaster cast this? through the post. Send it via DPD.
0: <laughs> A double penetration post.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm FedExing you my plaster cast vagina. <laughs> bring bring yeah so or, so these yeah so these vaginas are, are yeah i mean I, I do i think it's art i don't know but i can see there is a purpose to it i can understand the what the point he is trying to make he is do you trying think that's to a say, good point
0: do you think women are being shamed do you I like don't know. The fact that you tell me you're a
1: woman do you do you feel that how that your vagina is something that is judged
0: Maybe it's just the way that I've had an absolutely hideous week, so maybe I just really don't feel like displaying my vagina right now, but on a good week, Monday morning, there I am with the best of them, on Plymouth (laughs) Hoe with my pants down.
1: Vagina's out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know, I don't ever think about things like that, really.
1: Fair enough, well, that's okay. Um
0: yeah, I don't really need. I do. I like what he's doing, though, because I do think that there is. I mean, his main point is true. I do think that you're going to like this one. The patriarchy is. That's <laughs> the
1: patriarchy. Repressing vaginas. <laughs> the plaster patriarchy. But he's a man. Yeah. I suppose the only thing that I find slightly galling about this is he's a man. Shouldn't it be a female artist doing this? Why? I don't know. I just feel. I like... think it's
0: really good that a man wants to liberate women's vaginas. Oh, fair enough, then. I, just I like it. I might if send If you're him talking a about postcard. patriarchy,
1: then it shouldn't be a man giving women permission to have their vaginas liberated.
0: Uh, but it depends on how you look at it, Ben. It could just be him celebrating the vag.
1: Yeah, he could be celebrating the
0: vag. Did you hear what I said? I was going to send him a postcard. I might send him a postcard of mine and say, what do you think? <laughs> okay. Fancy including it? <laughs> 41? It, would
1: would this be a repeat of the um the shortest <coughs> letter correspondence in history when victor hugo sent his publisher well, after the publication of i think les miserables victor hugo sent his publisher a, a letter and it was just simply a question mark it was the shortest letter ever sent and the reply was the shortest reply which was just an exclamation mark and actually if you think about it an exclamation mark it looks a bit a bit like a vagina with a slit then a dot underneath it
0: that's true that's very, really, very advanced thought process
1: of yours, Ben. <laughs> I went off on one. I um, mean, you know, I got to Victor Hugo.:
0: Oh, was that what your cock cast was called? Should we change this name to <laughs> <No>. cockcast?
1: <laughs> I haven't done a cock cast.
0: <clears throat> what I'd like to know is, would you recognise Significant Others' Vaggie Burgers on that wall?
1: Oh, um, no, probably not. Actually, I don't, really? I don't know if I would. I don't know would, if I would you
0: would you confuse them with the uh, Mr Blobby one, top left? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can't say that. I didn't say Mr Blobby.
0: No, she was. There's one Dotty one, and we couldn't. Which one do you think looks,
1: looks the nicest? Which one oh, you think on. there is the prettiest vagina? I
0: got rid of it because I honestly find it slightly disturbing. Or maybe I'm repressed. I think I'm. I should. I should be out there. I need to get out there. I need to get a vagina out there. Right, the one that's what the nicest or the worst. What did you say? The nicest. Well, Which do you horrible. think is the most Because all these ladies are very brave for doing this. Um, they're all nice. I don't want to alienate anyone because that might be really awful. They might be listening to the podcast and go. Number twenty-two is mine.
1: I'm gonna put my vaginal card on the table and say that I'd go top row, second left.
0: Yeah. See, it's always going to be a symmetrical, tidy ones. But actually, none of I us. Think, are I think. I think. I think
1: that's what I like about it. It's symmetrical and tidy.
0: Yeah. And I don't want to exclude the ladies who might be a little bit puffy. <laughs> <laughs> it looks, it's very weird, like the the way that the skin, yeah, it makes me a bit, I, I think I'm uptight.
1: <laughs> are you boasting about your vagina or?
0: <laughs> you can't actually tell that. These are vulvas. I am vulvo man. <laughs> technically. They
1: are, that's true. Yeah, they are technically vulvas. That's correct.
0: Oh, there's the podcast title. <laughs>
1: well, on that happy That's note. Us. That's us we for another get, week. Are we saying thank you to people this
0: week? No. <laughs> oh, hang on, hang on. We are saying a shout out to Big Bear because yeah. he has sent me a selfie next to the 19... When was uh, Dennis Nilsson committing his crimes? In the 80s, wasn't it? 70s 80s he's standing next to the original police car on this photo that was used in the des film oh that's pretty cool it's very cool indeed
1: yeah i like it nice photo i'm glad i got that that in time
0: yeah well i'll have to ask him i've just shared it with you without asking him in fact ben but it's so cool i had to show you Brilliant, and we know, of course, we did. If you want to listen back, then we've got our brilliant interview with Mark Pettigrew, um, who did the forward. Forward, forward, forward. Still can't say it. Yay! So okay there. then. Well, bye everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. Have a good week good- and uh, have fun down the pub. Haven't been yet.
1: No, nor have, have I. You? I don't. I don't really fancy sitting in a garden in a cold. It's been really cold no, in Cambridge. I sat
0: in a cold garden the other day and got frozen through. So I've just thawed out. <laughs> I'm just going <gonna> <laughs> to get and the vagina. My vagina. <laughs> we, can all, we can all gather around the warmest, closest vagina. <laughs>
1: With there icicles dripping off it?
0: <laughs> there was.
1: <laughs> Pissicles. <laughs> Stallic badges.
0: I... mites. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Stallic mitts. Bye. Bye. China